characters who run it. It's five o'clock. As usual, Jordan, Nick, David, Morrison, that is, and owner David Gerard are hanging out over an after-hours glass of wine. Though their conversation is about wine, it bounces around between philosophy, music, education, small successes, big mistakes, life in general, cabbages and kings and more. Glad you could join us. Yes, this is somewhat about wine. It's 5 o'clock on Friday, May 19th. It's the end of our work day, but not the end of our work week. Welcome to you. Thank you for joining us. I'm David Girard, and I'm here with Jordan Mingle, winemaker, general manager. Good afternoon, Jordan. Good afternoon. Electrician. Electrician? You just fixed a mic? You're yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah. Nice. Nice. Uh, um, a man of all trades, uh, Nick Cowger. Uh, assistant winemaker and glue that holds the joint together. Good afternoon, <laughs> wow, Nick. That's me. Good that's afternoon, everybody. Nice. David Morrison, tasting room and wine club manager. Good afternoon, Dan. And, and that's it. And pizza maker. And pizza Hello. maker. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Today we're drinking uh, uh, 2022 Rosé. It's uh, one of our, is that one of our release wines? It is. It is. So um, tell us a little about the uh, um, uh, the Rosé, the 2022 2022 Rosé is a Rosé of Morvedra. We uh, foot tread our uh, grapes so that literally we'll be uh, stamp, stamping them with our feet. Stamping or stamping? There's, a, there's um, stamping. Interchangeable. Like stamping. Stamping's I like. I don't think stamping's. <laughs> stomping. 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 Stamping's like we're the post office. We're, yeah. we're stamping by way of stomping. The Morvedra grapes, mm-hmm. um, and we let it sit uh, for a few hours, picks up a little color, a little flavor that way, and then it goes into press, fermented in stainless steel using um, ambient yeast, so we don't add any yeast to our rosé, and uh, we let it ferment at cool temperatures, and from there, it's filtered and put right in a bottle for you to enjoy. Bob's your uncle. Yeah. Tasting notes. What do you think, Morrison? What, what tasting notes are we picking up on this? Really nice, light, dry, French-style rosé. Still tank, like you said, so nice and crisp. Great, great summer wine. Um, I get a lot of grapefruit. Mm, yeah, yeah, definitely. Citrus, and then, a lot of citrus. And then I think you mentioned you get l- lychee fruit? Yes. Which I had no idea what the heck that was. You had to Google it. You can't Google. It's hard to Google what something uh, tastes like. <laughs> well, apparently it's sweet and tart. Yeah, it's pretty tart. It has a nice brightness to it. I'll have to take your word for it. Yeah, I'll bring you one. I, th- I think that uh, just on the on the rosé, I think the 22 has a lot more of a um, fragrant bouquet than the 21 did. Um, it just it just has a lot more of a, uh, of a of a fuller smell to it, I guess I would say. Very citrusy on the nose as well. Mm. And given that it is warming up, uh, we're in the 90s. A uh, glass of rosé on a, on a warm day, nothing could be better. Yep. As far as I'm concerned. Yep, perfect for summer. Yep. And and guess what? We're having uh, a pizza uh, as we sit here. Uh, David Morrison is testing out a new. A new approach to pizza making. We've we've burned pretty much everything in the joint, so um, so we uh, David. Well, why don't you tell us? Yeah, so I think we discussed before. So I'm we're doing uh, homemade pizza dough, and we've been doing the margarita pizza, which has been great. It goes really well with with our wines, 
Um, but we decided this time to do um, also a sausage fennel pizza, which, wow, that was a nice pour there, Jordan. Yeah. Um, because we're releasing not just the 2022 rosé in our wine club pickup, but we're also doing the 2020 Grenache and the 2020 um, Block 49. So we wanted a, a pizza maybe that would go uh, well with those as well. A so robust pizza. Yeah, so the fennel and the sausage pizza, and we're trying that, and it's awesome. It works great with, yeah. uh, with both the Grenache and the Block 49. Yeah. Um, so we will be doing that. Um, on this coming Saturday. So if you hear... Uh, Which is tomorrow. Yeah. tomorrow. Tomorrow? Yeah, tomorrow. Yeah. So if you hear miscellaneous chewing during the uh, course of this uh, podcast, uh, that would explain it. That's Jordan, yeah. No, no, <laughs> I, I've instructed everybody not to eat. I have to edit this thing, so... <laughs> I don't want to deal with... Fair enough. You're welcome for that. <laughs> yeah, thanks. So if you listen to last week's uh, podcast, you know I was ice skating around on my own covering a bit of history about the vineyard and the beautiful part of California in which we are now sitting. It's a stone's throw from the American River where gold was first discovered here in California in 1849. Um, Jordan, David, and Nick weren't available because they were working hard to be sure that our Shakespeare weekend of four performances of The Tempest by the Falcons I players of Folsom Lake College was well organized and ran smoothly. So we haven't talked much about it. Um, was it well organized and ran smoothly? I mean, uh, honestly, yeah. It, uh, on our end, you know, as far as serving wine goes, it was it was smooth sailing. Um, I think on the college's end, everything was was good there. Everybody got fed that needed to be fed. Um, just a just a really a really nice time. It fed my soul. It to see Shakespeare souls. in the vineyard. Yeah, yeah. This is the second year we've done it. Um, the uh, the production value went way up this year. All the all the actors were mic'd. Um, they had some really cool lighting and stage effects going on. Uh, everybody everybody really worked worked together. Um, <clears throat> Folsom Lake College and and David Gerard's staff together as one cohesive unit. And I think so, people had a good time. So there were box lunches, right? We yes. had we, we, we went with a, a, a local restaurant. I mm -hmm. think it was box dinners. Box dinners, sorry. Yeah. Just because of the time of day. <laughs> Other than that, it would have been a box lunch? Yeah. yeah. Got exactly. it. Uh, and then uh, uh, wine was, we poured wine. What wine did we pour? We poured uh, two? A, a red we wine? poured oh, Cote de Blanc, Cote de Rouge, Rosé, and Syrah. Four. Yeah. 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 Okay. The Syrah was, was a really... It's one of those. It's a little higher price point. We weren't sure what people were going to think. You know, it's it's just a two-hour play. Get the cheap bottle, but the Syrah sold like hotcakes. It was uh, people are enjoying that one. And and Nick, you mentioned the sound and the lighting. The previous year, the uh, uh, what did we do the previous year? I forgot. As you like it, was it? We did as you like it. Yeah. yeah. And 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 the the actors weren't mic'd. No. Nope. This year they were mic'd and. Boy, you could pick up everything, which, yeah, is, which, yeah, which was good. Yeah. Uh, and and all the lighting new was new lighting, and um, how about the play itself, uh, David? You want to summarize uh, the Tempest for us? And oh, I don't know if I'm the right person. Even though I did see <laughs> Thou Art, the the wrong. Person. Good job, Jordan. The right person. <laughs> <laughs> so for three nights, I worked it, and the fourth night, I actually sat down and watched it, which is maybe even more embarrassing because. I'm still not sure what it was about. 
So it was I, good. I, I think the people were talented that were acting, and and but. Um, did you read the play before? No, I didn't. Well, that, that was that was, that was my mistake. Huge cliff notes. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And maybe maybe we don't go through the entire synopsis on this podcast. That's homework for y'all to do. <laughs> Spoiler <laughs> alerts on a five hundred plus year old play. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and I and and while you guys were working hard, I happened to be uh, sitting on the deck out in front of the tasting room, and I could hear uh, because our if you haven't been here, uh, we have an event. Uh, area which is above the pond on a hill and and the acoustics are pretty good here at the tasting room so yeah. I was listening to that and all of a sudden Jordan went by in a golf cart screaming uh, 1040 1040 with his walkie-talkie 104 uh, what was that about uh, taxes were on my mind apparently <laughs> <laughs> was it 104 that you were saying <laughs> he was no, trying no. to say yes. <laughs> trying to say 104 oh, 1040 10, came out 1040. yeah Jordan doesn't quite know how to use a, uh, a walkie-talkie <laughs> W two, W two. So we had an IRS raid. Uh, yeah, <laughs> between the second and 1040, third. Ten forty, ten forty. So um, it, I, I gotta just say real quick, the uh, director Jamie Van Camp, just the amount of time and effort. Yeah. He put in, and the actors put in. It's it's really amazing. Yeah. Uh, to be here for that many hours and devoted to their craft, uh, kudos to, to that whole crew. Yeah. You know, the other thing that I, I thought was really um, uh, a tribute to them was um, the president of Folsom Lake College was here for a performance. The vice president for curriculum was here for a performance. Um, the uh, president of American River College, one of the other colleges in the Los Rio system, was here. President so, of the United States. Uh, president of the United States was here. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. He was here? You didn't see the airplane? He was present. <laughs> I thought I heard mumbling. <laughs> I'll cut that out. <laughs> what? what? I was going to say he slept through the whole thing. <laughs> so we haven't, we haven't talked about this, but uh, given that this is... Um, this is the kind of podcast it is. Uh, what do you think we could have done better? What do we want to do next year? And they are coming back. Yeah, yeah. yeah Jamie, at the uh, by the the fourth night, was already throwing out ideas for the next yeah, the next year. Yeah, hardworking dude. Yeah, which was cool to hear. I'm we're excited to have them back. What we could improve? Uh, you know, it's funny. At the end of last year, I couldn't think of anything we could improve, and and then we had mic'd actors, better lighting. So there's there's always something to improve. Yeah, and I mean, as far as the actors are concerned, I'm sure they'd like a little better changing area or something. We do the best that we can, but you know, it's an all outdoors venue. Um, on our end, I I really don't know. Well, we talked smooth. before before the performance. We talked a little bit about the seating, how we're going to handle it, because mm-hmm. because our seating is all. Lev- almost level yeah. with the performance stage. Yeah, yeah. And so how do you get the people in the uh, in the second tier, if you will, uh, the back row is to be able to see um, and and uh, uh, and we we thought we'd work on that. Um, yeah, we could measure them as they enter. <laughs> <laughs> I made that joke to somebody too. Like, oh. Tallest in the back. back row. Yeah, or spend tens of thousands of dollars terracing that. And David Morrison would be like right up front. <laughs> What's that? <laughs> I have a long torso, just so you know. <laughs> when I stand up, I'm about the same height as when I sit. 
Well, a I, long torso thing. Yeah. Yeah. I think Jamie said something about having low back chair someplace. And, and there's, yeah, there's thoughts. I mean, we're all dedicated to continuing this and improving it every year. Yeah. So we're, we're coming up with ideas. Some will stick. Some will, some will be tossed out. Yeah. Yeah, like yeah. you said, Nick, I, I didn't realize what really could be improved, and then this year was great. And I'm kind of in the same situation now where, from our perspective, I don't know what could, in, what could improve. Well, I think one of the things that is, is uh, finally dawned on me after a number of years uh, in the winery business is we really have a number of, of businesses going on. We've got the wine business going on. We have the event business going on. We've got the wedding business going on. And uh, we've got um, farming going on, so all of that. And all of it ties together in some way. And the thing I liked about the Shakespeare is it, it provided, and, and the whole thing, I think, can be, can be put under the general category of hospitality. And so if people had a good time, they came and enjoyed themselves. And I think this thing is going to build every year. It certainly built from last year. And um, how many performances do we have last year? Two, right? Four. No, we did, no, no. We did, did four. Did we four? Yeah, yeah but it wasn't, it, was it as well attended? Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, Folsom Lake gets good support, um, and I think we get good support, so we're excited to kind of maintain that. But yeah, right. yeah curious what play they're going to do next year. Is Shakespeare public domain? Yes, mm. absolutely. So, um, Nick, anything, yes. anything in the mailbag? Bring. Oh, yeah, we've got a couple things here. Um, Y'all out there listening will have to excuse me. I'm a little sick, so if I sound uh, phlegmy, then... More, you know. more phlegmy than usual. Yeah, well, true. Um, more nasally than usual. Just skip this part. Um, so first, I've got... Uh, let's see here. I've got Phil from Placerville. Um, and Phil was wondering, uh, if wineries have wine tastings, why don't restaurants have food tastings? Um, that's an interesting question. I like that idea uh, a lot. Yeah. Uh, and then he, it's kind of a, a three-part Costco question. Costco has that. Costco, there you go. <laughs> Costco's your place then. Yeah. Um, that's not a, I mean, you know, you get an hors d'oeuvre of the meal that you're going to order. That sounds like a logistical nightmare. Um, uh, two-parter here. Uh, is wine tasting an American thing? Uh, do they do it in places like Europe, South America, etc.? Um I actually heard uh, somebody in the tasting room the other day say that other, especially European countries, don't really do tastings per se, as in like a flight. Um, you know, a lot of a lot of wineries around here, you'll choose wines that you want to taste, say five wines, and they give you a small part of each of those. But they were they were mentioning that they went somewhere in France or Italy or Spain or somewhere, and um, they'll let you taste the wine, but you're kind of expected to taste a wine and buy a bottle um i don't know i i think i heard the same that the the folk you're going in there to buy something and they give you just a small little taste right a small taste yeah for you to figure out what you want to buy Mm -hmm. or in europe my experience in 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 burgundy uh, near bone was that you had to call ahead it was all pretty much reservation and they had wine caves and they had limited uh, as you said, Nick, they had limited tastings, um, and and then after that, then you would go into the, um, the. It was a store area, and you would you would purchase your wine there. But it was, it was definitely a more 
uh, structured and it was uh, less casual than it is here. Mm. Uh, in South America, it was pretty much like here down in uh, Mendoza. But then there are a lot of American wineries down there. Uh, Paul Hobbs from Napa is down there. Hess is down there. So they tend to do that. But again, it was more formal. Uh, they had wine, like we do here actually, uh, uh, a tasting table. So you'd sit around the tasting table, but all by reservation again. So I think our casual approach uh, to tasting is unique uh, to American wineries. Mm. Perhaps not, um, mm. but, um, but definitely uh, a different approach. How very American of us, casual. Um, all right, well, Jordan, do you have something to say? You got something to add? No? No, okay. I didn't. Yeah. <laughs> you looked like you were itching to say something. Um, all right, well, hopefully that answers uh, Phil from Placidville's questions. Um, next, we've got Jerry from Calusa, and this is a good question. Um, what, if any, are some of your least favorite varietals? Uh, is it time to start talking crap about... Least favorite. Wine grapes. You know, I would have said um, a couple years ago, I would have said uh, Pinot Noir. There was something about it that just I didn't like very much. Mm. Um, but that's changed a lot. Um, and I think I, I think uh, that can happen a lot with wine. Yeah. You, you initially don't like it, and you persist, and you keep trying it, try different ones, and... They're all, up, yeah, They're all different. Yeah, sometimes different. it just takes a while for your brain to catch up. Yeah. Uh, I, th I think the way you said it is perfect, is is I didn't like it. doesn't mean it's not a good wine. There's a huge difference. Right. Uh, right. There are so many good wines. As a matter of fact, I've often said it's pretty hard to get a bad wine in California. There are so many good wines. Mm -hmm. But um, uh, there is one wine that I'm, I I'm don't like a lot still, and that's a, a Greek wine, Retsina. Uh, and I'm sure it's a wonderful wine, but I've got to come around to your point of view and, and, and taste it for a period of time and become used to it and appreciate it. But that's also the case. My experience has been the same as yours, which is when I first started tasting wine, I liked the great, big, heavy-duty wines, and, and I, I, I taste French wine. I thought, it's, it's dishwater. I can't even taste anything. <laughs> and, and as time has gone by, um, I figured out, guess what? The French really know what they're doing. They're finesse wines. Mm -hmm. They're subtle. Uh, even the Bordeaux, the Pinot Noirs, um, uh, the Chablis, uh, all of their wines uh, have great nuance. And I've, I've learned to enjoy them very much. Over, and the Rowans, of course, have learned to enjoy them very much over time. Yeah. And I think a lot of those, too, you might have a bad experience with a varietal, and then maybe you try it again from a different vineyard and... They make it in a way that you really enjoy it, and a lot of that is just you know sort of a uh, a bad a bad experience, bad first experience can really lead you to uh, to avoid certain wines. Um, I I mean I have probably a shorter answer than Jordan. There's not a lot that I don't like. I'm not particularly fond of Chardonnay or any sweet whites, but other than that, I'll drink <clears throat> I'll drink just about anything. So when you say a bad experience, I I think that if you have a great experience, if you're out to dinner. And, and the service is great, the food is great, it's just one of those evenings that everything's perfect, mm -hmm. the wine's going to taste great. Yeah. And if you go into a tasting room and you get a bad, you know, it's a bad experience, exactly. there's no way that wine is going to taste exactly. anything. Exactly. To some degree. Yeah. I would agree. Yeah, I think so. But I would, I think also Chardonnay, I, I would agree with you, but part of the reason for me Chardonnay is because I went to a Chardonnay tasting party, you know, where people Whoa. put like, 20 different Chardonnays in a brown bag, and 
After a few, you have no idea. <laughs> you can't tell. Well, and that's not to say that I, I dislike all Chardonnay. I, I've had good Chardonnay that I really do enjoy, but just as a general general rule of thumb, if I have a choice of wines, Chardonnay is not going to be my first. Uh, well, they make a lot of Chardonnays now that aren't that rich, rich buttery, yeah. oaky Chardonnays. Yeah. And I think the those are the kind of Chardonnays that I don't like very much. Yeah, I'm kind of in that same boat. I'll bet if I got a, a, a Chablis from France and a Chardonnay from California or uh, some other place, I, I you'd be hard-pressed to tell that the Chablis was a Chardonnay. It tastes that much different to yeah. me. Mm. So. Jordan, any least favorite varietals? Uh, I think you guys are coming around to, it's not the varietal, but the style. Yeah. And I think there's different styles you can make in any varietal. So I don't have a least favorite. Hmm. I I'm, I've been sitting here th- trying to think. I saw you over there mulling it and over. I can't. How about a favorite? Equally, it's tough. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, it's it's really hard to have a, have a favorite, too. It's like choosing your favorite kid, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's fair. <laughs> yeah, what are my favorites? I don't know. I like a Grenache. I like a Petite Syrah, if the mood strikes. Um, I like a Merlot. Shoot, like I said, yeah, I'll you like, See, you like them all. I yeah. like them all. Yeah. Get, get the list up. You know, since you mentioned the Merlot, Merlot is, is one, of, one of the top four planted grapes in the world. Mm-hmm. And they came out with that movie. Uh, Sideways. Sideways. Mm-hmm. They killed the Merlot market. And, and it, was, it was, what they were trying to do is make fun of two guys who knew nothing about wine and were totally boorish. And the, re, the, the reverse happened of what it should have been. The wine got slammed rather than the two guys who were tasting it. I'd hate for anyone to hear our podcast and, and then hate a wine based on our podcast, like like the movie, you know. Yeah. So, well, or you have that kind of reach. Are you thinking people might not like Chardonnay because of <laughs> Nick, this podcast? Know, Nick, Nick, oh, just Nick doesn't up. like it. Oh, we, we, the whole Chardonnay. I don't know. Our entire might go our down. entire listening <laughs> audience. Well, the interesting thing with that sideways comment is. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't remember the exact percentage, but Merlot sales dropped for a long time by a quantifiable percentage because of one one single offhanded line in that movie. And I love that movie, don't get me wrong, but um, <clears throat> we've been seeing it kind of come back lately. People are people are ready to enjoy Merlot again. You know, so that's interesting that you say that, Nick, years. because we, we're Rhone Wines mm-hmm. here at David Girard, and so people might be thinking, why are we talking about Merlot? We got one. We got a Merlot. The Reeve Door is a Merlot blend. It's actually my, probably my, it's tied for top three of my uh, favorite wines that we do serve here. Uh, it's a lovely, lovely wine. Yeah, I want to get back to what Jordan said. He's absolutely right on, on, on style of wine. And um, it, Chardonnay is one of the biggest sellers in the world. There's a reason for that. It's a great wine. So you wouldn't want to, you wouldn't want to over quantify it. I think if I went to a tasting and had 40, Chardonnays in a row. I might want to wait a day before I hit another one, but other than that, a couple of years, really, <laughs> maybe so. But but there's some. Uh, I mean, that's one of the world's great wines. Yeah. All that is to say, don't deny yourself a good wine based on prejudice. Prejudice. Uh, again, folks, under the weather. Try everything. <laughs> try everything at least once. Um, all right. So moving on, and let's see here. Oh, we're we still have? in the mailbag. 
Oh yeah, yeah, we got to get through this. Um, oh well, next up we have we have a timely question from Michael who asks, "What is a varietal? It's a type of grape." That's easy. We're done. <laughs> it's, like a, it's like the a dog. It's like a breed. It's like a breed. A breed. Yeah. yeah. Same same species, different different breed. Breed varietal. So or, or variety is also accepted. So how many varietals do you think there are? Do you have the number? Yes, I do. Oh, man. Are we including hybrids or just vitis vinifera? Vitis what? <laughs> vinifera? I guess not. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to say, oh, I don't know. I'm going to be way off. How about 50? I was gonna it's got to be way more. I was going to say 150 to 200 maybe. Yeah. Wow. Again, if we're using hybrids in, on the East Coast, Unlimited they, they hybridize, they yeah, hybridize not, not the, including the hybrids, the vines to uh, for the climate on the East, East Coast. Huh. So there's new hybrids coming around all the time. UC Davis uh, again was another one doing a bunch of hybrids. Oh well, what's the number? David? Pinotage is like a big, is a very big popular hybrid. I'm going. Are you? Including I'm going like a thousand. The answer's two. Ah, see, uh, I was closer. Two species? <laughs> no, I have no idea. Red oh. and white. <laughs> <laughs> I, I have no idea. But I, I, I asked you. I asked you. And I answered you. <laughs> Two. All right. Who's closer, 50 or 1,000? Well, Nick, Nick, our I'm resident I, I'm, IT I'm in, is on I'm, it. I'm, I'm going with Jordan. I Not including the hybrids. I mean, it's You're be. going with the winemaker versus the Instagram manager? <laughs> This is just just All a, right. I, a get brief, that. brief. Um, ah, Google. Google. It says, it says although there are about ten thousand different 10, wine grape 000. varieties, yeah. only a few dozen are widely used for commercial. Production. Few dozen, twelve, twenty-four, thirty-six. That's close to fifty. Wow, I think that I won that. Wasn't the question? <laughs> huh? Yeah. Wow. That's that's interesting. Over yeah. ten thousand are found in the world today. A few dozen is what uh, I'm hanging my hat on. All right. Well, there you go. Hopefully that answers Michael's question. Uh, next, we got Bill from Chappaqua again. A second write-in. Thanks, Bill. Um, where can I go to learn more about wine? Courses, books, etc. Um, I mean, a course through a community college is a great. It depends what capacity you want to learn more about wine, but I mean, obviously. The obvious room. answer, the obvious answer is somewhat about wine podcast. This podcast, <laughs> right? You're in the right place. You're going to have to Obviously. listen to a lot of stuff to get wine information. Uh, uh, other than this podcast, um, one of the nice things about uh, partnering with Folsom Lake College uh, for Shakespeare is we've also um, have uh, a a nascent uh, relationship with them because of their great wine program. And there is a place you can go. You can go online. It's a community college uh, in this area and, and take a course. The other one that I took years ago was at UC Davis, and they have extension courses, and they had a wonderful tasting course. I think yeah. it was four weeks. And um, and, and w within, within the course were, were people like me who knew very little about wine, and uh, and and also there were people uh, seeking to get their master sommelier, so there was a, a, a range. It was it was geared for everybody. The difference for the master sommeliers at the end of the course, they had to take a test and uh, do certain identifications and explanations. Which, mm -hmm. thank God, the rest of us could just go home. But it was a great course. And then um, 
we we have a, a, a book up in our library here uh, from Wine Divines by Jeff Cox, which uh, is available on Amazon. It's a great book. It it, it there's pictures in it, uh, drawings in it, and I like and lots of pictures. I and drawings. like pictures. Yeah, yeah. And, which would explain my cartoon collection up there with the uh, <laughs> comic book collection with the rest of it. But it's a good book. Um, so um, there are a number of places to go. Yeah, go to your local tasting room and. Drink up, pick somebody's brain for a while. There's a there's a lot you can learn, especially with hands-on experience of you know having wine in your glass. <laughs> and and uh, we like to talk about wine, so if you come in here, uh, it's a great conversation for us. Yeah, yeah. Jordan gives out free barrel room tours on the daily, so that's not true. Please don't <laughs> <laughs> please don't inquire. <laughs> um, all right, last one we got here. This is Warren from Omaha. Oh, they keep coming. Um, they, this is the last one. Uh, and Warren has recently retired, and he's thinking about becoming he? a... He retired. He retired. He's done. Um, good on you, Warren. Um, he's been thinking about becoming a home winemaker. What do I need to do to make a good wine? If it's uh, do Warren, we know anybody? If it's the Warren <laughs> I'm thinking of, I'm available to help you <laughs> <laughs> for a small fee. Um, well, yeah, what do, what do you need to make? Take some classes, like we were just wine. talking about. Take a couple classes, sure, but if you're, t- if you're I, too probably, busy in retired life... Uh, I, I'd suggest, Warren, start with some good grapes. Good grapes? Good grapes. I was thinking uh, you could, yeah, like you could visit a local jail and find out how they make hooch. <laughs> Pruno. And... Uh, <laughs> Follow their same. Yeah. Uh, no, honestly, with yeah, wine starts with good grapes. Like that's David true. Said. That's if true. You're, if you're dealing with Molding bad fruit, bad it, fruit. It, it makes it difficult. But um, so what? Visit some wineries and see who's selling what fruit. Well, w- w- grapes are sold. We sold grapes for a while uh, to uh, a winemaker, home winemaker in Indiana, and uh, we would ship them out. And they would be cooled wow. down. And so you can buy them from all over the world, and it, you know it depends on the cost of the grapes, the cost of the shipping, yeah, the how timing, much how little they're that, willing to sell. How, how li- yeah, and so there are all of those kinds of things. And then once you, and once you get them, I'm turning it over to Jordan because I, I've watched him do it, and um, uh, there are a lot of, of technicalities. I don't even want to get uh, caught caught on. Crush the fruit, let it ferment. Yeah, I think part of it is. Uh, it is. We've been doing it for thousands of years. So yeah. Don't, so don't be intimidated. Would be my first recommendation. And if you're interested, there's yeah, information at the ready um, for a home winemaker to to access. But um, yeah, I think it's I think it's part of our DNA at this point is to ferment things. Yeah, we like to take like, like one to thing fermented and. Yeah. Well, we have some uh, uh, folks who are kind enough to uh, home winemakers. They'll come in here and they'll bring a bottle of wine and say, um, "I brought this for you. I'd like you to taste it. I hope you like it." And they go away, and you taste it and you think, "What are we doing? This is a great wine." Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so there's some wonderful wines being made by individuals. The trick, though, is perhaps that's a good wine this year, but maybe it, it will never be made again by the same person. You don't know. So one of the things that we have is we have to consistently do it year after year after year. Uh, uh, but but there are a lot of, of, of very nice wines being made by home winemakers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just avoid the botulism and you're good. I think, I mean, I think the one, the one, <laughs> you know, uh, I think the one thing, the one piece of wisdom I can impart anytime you're you're making any sort of 
fermented beverage is keep your workspaces and your storage, everything, keep it clean because um, faults can come in. Uh, like I said, you, you can get sick from it. Just uh, that That's rule numero uno is cleanliness. Yeah, use a lot of bleach to clean. Don't use bleach. <laughs> Don't use bleach. What, no bleach? Bleach is bad with wine. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Uh-oh. <laughs> David's that's home r- wine making project. That's rule is- number two for a home wine maker. <laughs> no bleach, yeah. But other than that, crush some fruit, put it in a storage container, let it sit for a while, separate it, and away you go. <laughs> Let's talk a little bit. Is that the, the, the that's, mailbox that is mailbox, empty? Mailbox is Close it up. closed. Close it up. It's <laughs> <laughs> my favorite part of the podcast. Do you do that every time? <laughs> no, it's we, it's we a new thing. <laughs> so uh, how about upcoming events? We have a release day coming up. When's that? Release is uh, coming up. Yeah, Saturday the 20th. The 20th. And then on Sunday, we have um, our brunch. Mimosa brunch. Mimosa brunch. So we, we talked about this uh, earlier this week, and uh, we love to do the mimosa brunch, which uh, we've explained before is uh, uh, the food is prepared by... Uh, a, a local chef who is an alum from uh, uh, Wolfgang Puck. Uh, Sierra Rising. Sierra Rising, uh, terrific food. And we pair it with the uh, sparkling wine uh, mm-hmm. that we have. And um, and we do it up at the Galleria. The views up there off the terrace are spectacular. The weather is cooperating. But in order for us to do it and, and be... Um, uh, be supportive of, of the folks who make our food is we have to have a sufficient number of people and if and that number is is 20 and this is an adult event by the way so uh, 20 adults that we need and if we don't then we, we have to we, we have to say that we'll we'll uh, uh, cancel it and and wait for the next time so uh, and this is coming up when? It's coming up uh, this Sunday, and so yeah, we do it the third Sunday of every month, and uh, so this will be the third Sunday. So I guess where I was leading is how are the numbers, and um, Nick, how are the numbers? Great. Oh, the more the merrier, though. I keep keep, keep (laughs) signing up, Nick. You've got that look. Are there? Do we have? 20 signed up yet um not as of yet no we so if we, we get a lot of last last minute we do get a lot of last which is difficult people, because we need to get well, a list over to teal at zero rising so she knows how many of what to make right and she's got to order her her uh, supplies in yeah. order to make it yeah. yeah so we can't wait till the last minute so what when are we going to well seeing as how this is friday um <laughs> This is about as last minute as it gets. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, so get and, your orders in. And if and if we and, and if we don't uh, uh, have uh, a sufficient number of people, then we'll let everybody who did sign up know. Oh, of course. Uh, yeah, and of course. so they'll be. They'll, and and we'll do that within the next day. Or we don't let anybody know. We have the <laughs> tasting room open, so they show up. Come anyway. on. Down. <laughs> It should be beautiful up there, though. I mean, the weather's going to be perfect. We can open up. I think that's called bait and switch, I think so. I think that's illegal. Um, Yeah, yeah, it's going to be a beautiful day. Stay on the positives here. It's going to be a beautiful day. We can open up the doors. People can sit outside, inside, right? Unless it's too hot. It's not going to be too hot. No, it's it's, it's, beautiful. After after all the rain and the cold spell we had, it just feels good. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, it does. Good food, good wine, sparkling wine, mimosas or sparkling wine. And um, and good food, yeah. 
So I think with that in mind, it's time to close shop. Um, uh, don't forget to text or email questions uh, for next week's podcast about uh, somewhat about wine on Friday at 5. Uh, Nick, would you please tell our listeners where they can visit us and find out more about our winery? Sure. You can visit us here, David Gerard Vineyards, uh, 741 Cold Springs Road, Placerville, California. Uh, send us an email to club at davidgerardvineyards.com. Uh, you can give us a text or a call at 530-295-1833 uh, on the web at davidgerardvineyards.com. We'd love to hear from any and all of you. And, uh, have you in for a tasting sometime. And if you want to know more of a, of, uh, or have more of a flavor of what we're about, check out our, our audio book, also called Somewhat About Wine. That's on uh, Amazon Audible. And uh, we have uh, on our website what we call a paper blog, which are, are a little bit of uh, uh, kind of like short stories. So you might want to see that too. So hope to see you next time. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye. Good evening. Good night. Adios. Adios.